We're going to continue with eternal attributes. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 13 and 12. Uh, eternal attributes, uh, part, part two, part two. Last week we did part, uh, part one. We talked about love as an eternal attribute, but today we're going to talk about some more eternal attributes. 1 Corinthians 13 and 12. Now, we used the whole chapter 13 last time, but today we're just going to highlight one verse that I did not go into great detail on. 1 Corinthians 13 and 12, for now we see in a mirror that King James says, a glass darkly. We see through this blurry glass, distorted glass window. Right now on the earth, we don't see everything clear. There are mysteries. Anybody agree with that? Yeah, there's lots of mysteries. Anytime somebody asks you a tough question about God, you can't answer, say, look, the glass is really dark. Don't act like, don't, don't let them pressure you into having to answer everything about God. Let God defend himself, okay? But you just sometimes have to say, I don't understand everything. I only understand what I understand. And the rest is, is just a little blurry. It's okay. The good news is, if you want to know everything about God, guess where you've got to go? You've got to go to heaven. So those of you that are analytical investigators out there, don't mess up and go to hell. You're never going to figure it out. I'm like some of y'all. I want to figure out what, what the Bible said here and there and there. And so right now we see through a glass darkly and it gets kind of confusing sometimes. That's all right. But look what's going to happen one day. But then we're going to see him face to face. So right now we don't understand everything because there's something in the way. But one day there will be nothing in the way and we're going to see Jesus face to face. What's going to happen when we see Jesus face to face? Let's look what it says. Now I know in part but then, when, when I see him without the glass face to face, I shall know just as I also am known. I will know everything about him like he knows everything about me. Not yet, though, not yet, when we see him face to face. He's coming back for us and he wants to meet us. He wants to see us. And I want to see, anybody want to see him too? I want to see Jesus and I want to understand everything. And we will understand everything. So you got to be patient. you got to hang in there because this is what trips us up as Christians. We don't like not knowing stuff. It drives us crazy. It's what messes up everybody. We hate not knowing everything. But don't worry. Hang in there because one of these days you're going to understand everything that you've been going through. Everything you faced. You're going to understand it. And that, that's going to lead us into our eternal attribute, okay? Let's just pray. God, help us right now. Lord, help me to be a vessel to do your will. Help us, God, to find out this second attribute that we can use for eternity. I want to start today, God. I thank you for your grace and your mercy on this service. Thank you for this great church and every guest today. Everybody say in Jesus' name. And you can be seated today. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for watching online today. If you could not be on site today. And we are looking forward to a great time today in the Word of the Lord. So last week, if you remember part one, we talked about love. And we found out that love never fails. Everybody say, love never fails. Does anybody want to be a lover? You want to love God and love people. Does anybody have that as your number one goal? Don't you agree today this world needs more love than anything else? We must have love. Forget everything else. If we don't have love, it doesn't matter. I don't care if you can prophesy. I don't care if you can sing or play an instrument. I don't care how much you're at the church. If you don't have love, it doesn't matter. And it's not your definition of love. It's God's definition of love. Because you can't listen to people's definition of love. This world doesn't know what love is. 
all these dumb love movies, they're so far, they don't know what love is. Yeah, they don't know what love is. Stop drinking the Kool-Aid of our culture. So we know what love is. We're the love people. We're the people of God. And we ought to be the best, most loving people in all the world as Christians, as Holy Ghost-filled believers. Why? Because love never fails. That means you can never go wrong with love. Well, I don't know, how to, I don't know what to do. Just love them. I don't know what to do in this service. I don't know how to lift my hands. I'm so confused. So just love God. Just love God. Let love be the motivator and everything else will fall in place. But just have a love for it because you'll find yourself getting a stride over time where eventually it will just all fit. You don't have to teach an 18-year-old boy to fall in love with a beautiful young lady. It'll, it'll just make you do things you never were taught how to do. You'll just start smiling. You'll start opening car doors and saying, oh, you're so pretty. It'll make you talk so sweet. It'll change everything about your nature. Isn't it funny how just love can make you do that? God, help us have love because it never fails. Love gives our gifts a reason to exist. It doesn't matter if we have gifts. If we don't have love, it's pointless. So last week we really talked about the eternal attribute of love. And guess what you're going to do in heaven forever? You're going to love. And if you don't like a loving atmosphere, you won't like heaven. If you don't like to love God or love your neighbor, you won't like heaven. Because that's all you're going to be doing is just loving. If you're not very loving, you might hate heaven. It's going to be real tough on you. If you like to fight all the time, you're not going to like heaven. You're going to be bored. Not going to be any drama, no soap operas in heaven. Yeah, some of y'all have drama. You're like, I'm done. I'm out. I'm ready to go to heaven. You're like, I don't want no more drama. I'm sick of drama. I'm sick of the pain. I want to go to a place where there's love. That's what we are here today, and that's eternal, y'all. So if you don't like love, if you don't want to be a lover, if you want to be a fighter, then you're not going to like heaven. Probably won't go there. Don't worry about it. You've got, to, you've got to have love. But today we're talking about another eternal attribute. Let's see if we can figure out what it is, okay? Let's see if we can guess it. Revelation 9 through 12 gives us a sneak peek into heaven. Let's see what eternity is going to be like. Here we go, Revelation 7 and 9. And after this, John said, I beheld and lo, a great multitude which no man could number of all nations, kindreds, and people. And tongues stood before the throne. That's not talking in tongues. That's, that's the different languages of around the world. They stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes and palms in their hands, and cried with a quiet, gentle Baptist voice. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said um, Christian voice. We love our, our Baptist friends, but we know that there are lots of churches much quieter than ours. I just hope they all don't have a big aneurysm when they get to heaven, when it gets loud like it is in our kind of church. <laughs> I just want to tell all the other churches, you need to get loud right now because it's going to be really loud in heaven. They're starting to catch on. They're catching on. Go watch their YouTube videos. They're getting louder. They're getting louder. They, they figured it out. Yeah. So there's going to be a loud, loud voices saying, Salvation to our God, which sits upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And all the angels, verse 11, stood around about the throne 
and the elders, about the elders and the elders and four beasts. Now, there came a point where the elders and the four beasts, the four special angels, they, they fell before the throne on their faces. They laid down on their faces before God. They laid there on their faces and worshiped. So it began with a loud voice, praise unto God, palms in their hands. But then the elders and the greatest among them, watch this, the elders and the four special angelic creatures began to bow. The greatest among angels and men could no longer take it. They had to bow down and worship. saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever, 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 forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. I hope you figured out the eternal attribute we're going to talk about this morning, and that is our praise and our worship is going to last forever. It will be the manifestation of our love for God. Because we love Him, we can't resist saying it. We can't resist showing it. No, 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 no. You can't convince me that you love God if it never shows up. No, 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 no. I'm not convinced that you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength, your body, if you don't use your body. I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced if you can't use your body, you don't. You don't truly love God with all of your being. So today we're going to talk about an eternal eternal attribute, praise and worship. Are you ready? Now let's go through here what that praise will look like. Number one, that praise is going to be a choir of multicultural people. It's going to look a lot like this room right here, and I'm so thankful that we don't have any racism in our church. I'm so thankful that we don't believe that there's anybody better than anybody else because heaven is going to be multicultural. And there's going to be a great choir of praisers one day forever standing side by side and they won't be protesting against each other. They'll be saying, the Lord is worthy. The Lord is worthy. The Lord is worthy. Because nothing unifies different cultures like singular praise that goes to our King of kings and Lord of lords. Not only will it be multicultural, different skin colors, but it will be multilingual. You'll hear people saying things in their native tongue that you might not know what they're saying, but you'll know what they're saying. <laughs> you might know exact, not exact word that they're using, but you'll know what they'll be doing. They'll be doing what you're doing, but from their vantage point, from their language. And it's going to be the most beautiful thing you've ever seen forever and ever and ever. The Bible says that this group of people will be holy because they're going to be wearing white robes, which is symbolic of those who have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. What kind of praise will it be? It'll be holy praise. Oh, and there's a difference. If you were clubbing last night dancing for the devil, that doesn't mean you can't club today dancing for Jesus. It just don't work. But it don't work. You can do it, but it don't work. It's not holy praise. There's, there are churches out there, I know, I know y'all, y'all don't do it, I, but there are churches out there that they can cuss you out before church on Sunday morning and get up there and dance a jig across the church. 
There are people that have done it. You know they've done it. You've heard about them. And they, they go get drunk on Saturday or Friday night and they come up in here with their, hand, their hands in the air saying, oh, Jesus is my king. You know it's possible for people to praise, but it's not holy praise. And that's why the Bible clarifies that we're not just going to be praising and shouting, but we're going to have our white robes on, which means it's going to be a pure praise. It's going to be a holy praise. And that's the kind of praise you need to get. You need to make sure that your praise is pure. Make sure that you're pure when you praise. Don't try to dance your way through your sin. Don't try to praise your way out of your disobedience. You need to make sure that your heart is right when you praise God. And the reason why some people don't praise God in church is because they don't want to be a hypocrite. And I commend you for that. I'm not talking trash to you. Some of you don't want to praise God because you've got guilt. Because you know that you're not right. And I, I actually, I respect that. I would rather you not pretend and act like you're okay and everything's okay between you and God. I would rather you sit there and repent than you act like everything's okay. And that's why in church when we say, let's all praise the Lord, not everybody does it. Because some folks, not all, some folks are going through something. You know what you need to do? You need to come to the altar today and repent and get clean and get that white robe back on so that you can stand up with assurity and you can give God praise without condemnation, without all that guilt. If you would just repent and turn to Jesus, he is faithful and just to forgive you and you can stand again and give God praise. That kind of praise that's going to be eternal will not be empty-handed. For the Bible said that they had palms in their hands. You can't just come and praise and not have something in your hand. You've got to bring something. You've got to have something to offer. You can't be empty-handed with your praise. Some people are all talk. I'm all yours, but I won't give anything. I won't invest anything. I won't come with my hands. This is an Old Testament principle of coming to the house with your offering. Coming in the house with it. You can't get your palms in the temple. You've got to get them outside. I want to make sure that on my way, I get my palms down here on the earth because these are a natural thing. I want to have something ready to take there. I don't want to just go empty-handed. I don't believe you'll go to heaven empty-handed. I think the only thing you'll get to take is that sacrifice. I'm a giver. I'm a giver. I'm not just a hollow praiser, but look at my hand. I give things. Some people, only thing they give is their praise. They never give anything else. Not real time, not real treasure, not dedication. They just give their, their talk. They give their dancing. That's not what God wants. He wants us to come with something in our hand. Invested. Uh-oh. What's the next attribute of the praise? They'll be standing. I know. I know, some people don't like to stand. I know, I don't either. I'm standing right now. I got you, I know. This is why in church, sometimes people stand up. This is why in church we stand for things. This is why we stand when we praise and we stand when we shout. Because there's something correlated to standing and praising God. There's at attention. It's I'm ready, I'm excited. So don't get frustrated at church when you see a lot of standing. Our church wants to do it like the Bible says. Our church wants to emulate heaven. We want it to be down here the same way it is up there. I'm getting ready to go, y'all. I'm getting ready to go. I'm not going to sit down in church all the service. I'm not going to sit back and think about when I can leave. I'm getting ready to go to heaven. I'm practicing today. I want to get up and stand for Jesus. 
Hey, you, you won't be tired there. You'll get a brand new body. So go ahead and give what you can today. And you need to learn how to stand up for long times and give it to God. Let's give them praise right now in this place. I want to get ready. I'm going to do this forever. I want to be used to it. I want to have it down. I don't want them to have to force me. We are a standing kind of people. Thank you, Jesus. And then, finally, it says that their praise will be loud. This makes some people nervous. If you have to take pills for loud noises, there won't be any in heaven. You might not like it. It won't be any louder than hell, though. For they'll be screaming in hell, but they'll be shouting in heaven. One will give you anxiety, the other will set you free. One will make you curl, but the other will make you want to run. There's a massive difference in our noise. Our loudness is... Our noise is a celebration. Our noise is different than the other noises. We should be able to be loud in this place so things can break. Chains can fall. Let the walls come down. Let the walls come down as we're loud for Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Come on, this is eternal. We're going to do this forever. We're going to do this forever. We're going to praise forever. That's why you feel God begin to move when you start to praise him because heaven comes down. You can have a little bit of heaven on earth. You can have a little bit of heaven on earth if you live today like you'll live forever. We praise you. We shout to God. We shout loudly with a voice of triumph. Oh, God, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. A joyful noise. A joyful noise. Thank you, Lord. About half our church figured it out already. That's good. I'll take half. That's a good start. We're just getting into it, too. 50% success in 15 minutes is pretty good. Let's get everybody else on board. This is not a personality thing. It's not a personality thing. There are, there are, we're really quiet people that aren't so quiet. There's quiet people in our church that you're not as quiet as you seem. There are people here that you're not, you're not quiet, you're shy. When you get in your comfort zone, you can talk our ears off. When we finally unlock your mouth in a comfortable place, time quickly passes by. And we're like, why did we ever decide to let them start talking? Because you, my friend, have been bottling it up for quite some time. And you finally have an audience and you're ready to let it go. 
I do not believe there is such a thing as someone who has this personality that doesn't praise. Yeah. I'm just not a loud person. I totally understand. And that's why everyone's volume is different. What's loud to you is not as loud to them. I can't define loud. All I know is everybody has a loud meter where you got to be your loud. Some of y'all are extra loud. Like, where's my earplugs loud? Others of you, it's like a little bird crying out for food. It's like, it's not much. It's just kind of like, is that all you've got? You've got to be your loud. Don't act like me. Don't act like him. But you've got to let what's in you come out. You've got to be real and honest. Lord, help us. Lord, help us. Lord, help us. Everybody needs to be someone who's loud, praising, boisterous, sometimes annoying. Everyone needs to do that. What's happening in our culture today is that people are so smart. They're so figured it all out. They read all the books. They can look at the internet. And people are so together now. And the beauty of praise and loudness and all this that I'm talking about is it breaks down your pride. It's one of the greatest ways to make sure you have humility. Because praise, if you look at the, the real definition of praise, it means to make a fool of yourself for him. See, the, the difference in, in real praise and fake praise is some of y'all look good when you praise, and it makes you look good. But real praise makes him look good. <laughs> if you want to do praise right, you need to make sure that you don't get anything out of it, but he gets everything out of it. If you really want to do praise right, you stop thinking about you and what you look like and how together you are, and you make sure it's for God. It's the best remedy for pride. Praise will help break down the walls. I, I, don't, I don't like the fact that it's always been people who have a reputation for being poor that praise or people who have a reputation for not being smart that praise. Well, they don't know any better. They're, they're just ignorant. I don't like that. I don't like that stigma. I think that to whom much is given, much is required. <laughs> the more you know, the smarter you are, the more blessed you think you are and all you have together is more of an excuse for you to give it all back to God. I don't understand that concept. I'm too good for praise is a paradox. You can't be too good for praise. If it's been good, he deserves the praise. If he's blessed you, if he's kept you, if you can't relate to sin because he kept you, then where is your praise? I don't understand it. Some of y'all have no problems, so you don't praise. That's a reason to praise. That's a reason to lift your voice because you've got no problems. Why are you not shouting today? Why are you not giving God praise today? I can't relate. My life is good. You should be the greatest praiser in the church. Loud. Standing. Multicultural. And then there will be worship. There will be worship because in, in all my years in church, I was raised in church. I was raised in church watching the transition take place from high praise to low worship. And usually the order of God and the order of a church service typically, typically will go from high praise to low worship. Because whenever you praise God, you magnify Him. 
And guess what that means? He gets big. And that means you see him for who he truly is. Like right now, I feel like we're a little closer. I feel like we've got a little clear image. I feel like we just went from, from 480p to, to 1080p. I feel like we got a little more clarity because we started to praise God in this service. I feel like we're magnifying Him. We're, we're zooming in on Him. We're seeing things right now we didn't see 15 minutes ago. And so God has not changed, but what we see has changed. And praise magnifies God. And then you get close and then He comes near and then you get, you get to see Him. And guess what happens when you see Him? Something in your, in your side, something inside says, I can't keep doing this. You drop. Because when you were praising him, he was drawing. You were drawing, you're magnifying. But something happens every time the church praises correctly. God gets so close that you say, I, I can't even stand before him anymore. And this is why the Bible says the elders, the greatest of the men, and the four beasts, the greatest of the angels, they fall down their face and they worship. Because when you magnify and you praise and you gather around the throne and you do that, something begins to happen to where eventually you say, I've got to bow down before him and worship. Some people love to praise, but they can't stand to bow. And I have noticed that a church that can praise is halfway there. But the graduation of praise is when you get to worship. It's a depth. There are many church services I've been. They've had, the, they've had the best praiser up here. They've had the best praise team. They've had the best music people. It's so cool. It sounds so good. They've had the greatest preacher. And they'll praise and they'll praise and they'll dance and they'll dance. But it never goes deep. It never goes deep because real praise, that's not about you. Real praise is not about how good you sound. Real praise, now how many, how many jigs you can do up here in your outfit. Real praise draws God and magnifies Him. Real praise leads to on your face. Real praise leads to worship. Real praise leads to change. Real praise leads to sacrifice. Your church isn't truly praising if you don't end up at the end of service saying, Lord, I'm nothing. I am nothing in your presence. That's why in eternity there will be people praising, but not just praising. There will be people that are bowing. Bowing before him. We have to have both here on the earth. So, so I like to praise God. I like to worship. But how could we possibly do that for eternity is the question. I mean, it's like it sounds like you'd get tired. It sounds like it would get old. How could you have enough ammo? How could you have enough things? Because, you know, we, we think of some things. If I told you, let's think of some reason to praise, we would praise. Maybe we could go 30 minutes or something. And then we'd be like, okay, I'm running out of stuff. You'd have to just repeat praise on an old thing that happened. So, so you're trying to find a way to praise God for eternity. And I asked God, I said, God, how can we praise you forever? How is there going to be enough, enough to praise you over? What data will I use? And the question was answered in our text last week. When we see him face to face, we will, we will know things then that we don't know now. So we praise God for the things we know. We praise God because he got me out. He came through. We praise you, Lord. But that's limited knowledge. Yeah. When we see him face to face one day, we'll, we'll know everything and we'll see everything very clearly that we could not see now. Right now, we praise God based on our limited knowledge. 
Sometimes our praise is weak because our glass is blurry and we can't figure what God is up to. And sometimes we don't praise very much because we don't know if God's for us or against us. The glass is blurry. Yeah. We praise God when we know we did something good. But we get real quiet when we're not sure if God is doing something good. Earthly praise is so emotional, up and down. Some services is good, some services is bad. That was a good service. The difference was typically on whether you praise God or not. Why, why is it up and down? Why are we flaky? Because we think God is up and down. We, we see God sometimes blessing and we think, where's he at? We, we condition our praise off of God's performance, but we forget that he's working when you don't know he's working. Wow. That's what God's going to speak to us today in this place. Can we admit it that there are many mysterious, mysterious things about God that right now we simply cannot understand? Can you raise your hand and confess? There's lots of stuff I don't understand. Good. Thank you for being honest. That's okay. But, but can we also agree that not everything that happens is very difficult to diagnose? That there are some things that we ought to know that were going to happen? It doesn't take a rocket scientist to understand why you're going through some things you're going through right now. There are some things that happen to us and they have nothing to do with the mysteries of God. In fact, they're very simple. Like your cavities. Those are those little things inside your teeth that cost lots of money and hurt a whole lot. Yeah. What is this mystery in my mouth, Lord? I awoken this morning and I, I have got myself pain and this must be a mystery from God. God, I seek thee for two weeks. I want to know what this is in my mouth and why you've caused me to go through this much pain. And finally, after two weeks of prayer and fasting, the Lord speaks to you and says, Brush thou teeth, servant. (laughs) You wasted two weeks of your life asking God to unravel a mystery that was common sense to the atheist. (laughs) Oh, wow. Maybe, just maybe, Jesus did not put the cavity in your mouth. Maybe the... Maybe he's not the tooth fairy. Maybe, just maybe, your excess of candy and lack of brushy was the reason why you got a cavity. Maybe, just maybe, some things are not mysterious. Maybe it's just life. Maybe it's just a consequence of bad choices. So please, today, you need to forgive Jesus for letting you fail the test you barely studied for. You just need to forgive him today, Right? you got to forgive Jesus whenever you weren't able to maybe hit the buzzer and get the quiz question right because you didn't study all your verses correct. Maybe it wasn't that God didn't hear you when, when you prayed before the tournament. And have you all thought how strange that is at Bible quizzing, how both teams are praying for God's help? <laughs> Jesus is like, eeny, meeny, miny, moe. Both kids are like, Heavenly Father. He's just like, you will lose. (laughs) I just thought that was so interesting how both teams are like, help us win. And God's like, no, sweetheart, one of you will lose. It's like, how how does God figure out that? I I think some things are not a mystery. I think some things come down to, did you study more? We lost. How come? They're better. (laughs) We won. How come? You're better. That's, yeah. We have to go in prayer meetings and we get all frustrated, all upset. And it's like when you lose, study more. When you fail, study more. When you get a cavity, brush more. It's, 
Y'all, why are we praying? Why are we getting mad at God and shutting down praise over stuff? It's not a mystery. Yeah. Did Jesus tell you to ignore the change oil light that came on? <laughs> God blocked it. Does some of y'all have tape over those things? <laughs> Why are you mad at God? Because your engine blew up. It's the mystery of maintenance. Our cars will tell you everything you had for breakfast these days. My new F-150 will tell me everything wrong with me. There's a beep and a sound and a warning light for everything. Do you check the trash out? Tell your wife you love her. It's just like beep. Okay, back up. Watch out. There's a raccoon in China. You could hit it. Oh, okay, thanks. And it's just there's a warning sign for everything these days. And you're like, I just didn't know that my, my car had to have that. I don't understand. God, why did you let my engine blow up? It's like you went 100,000 miles out of old change. It's going to blow up, okay? You did good, honestly. You, you did good. God blessed you if you want to ask. Oh, wow. It's funny how people are. They're like, I ain't, I ain't praising to God. My car blew up. Nope. Jesus ain't with me. It's a mystery. No, it's not. It's maintenance. Your tire popped because you put 60,000 miles on a 30,000 mile tire. It's not an accident. They told you 30,000 miles come back. You said, no, I will save money. And God's like, gotcha. You're stranded on the side of the road now because you didn't get an extra spare the last time you used it. And you're like, what's the mystery in all this? The mystery is go get a spare. There's some things you guys want to sit down on God and he's sitting here going, I didn't even do that. Y'all, would you quit blaming me? It's just a mystery why my car has blown, my tire has blown. God, where are you in my life? It's, it's, yeah. So, so you didn't change your tires. You got, you got a blowout on the way to work. You got fired because of it. And you want to be like, which by the way, you don't get fired for the blowout that made you late. You get fired for the 10 things you did before that. Wow, we just really, really dug into something right there, didn't we? Some of you are all like, yes, that was me two years ago. So you want to be like, over a tire that popped? No, 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 sweetheart. Not over a, a tire that popped. No, no. Not over a pyre that taught. No. That's what I almost said. He speaketh Greek. That's not the reason why. It's not a mystery, ladies and gentlemen. It's not a mystery. There are some things that are a mystery, but there are some things that are just common sense, and you're robbing God from praise and worship because of stuff that you did. And he's still worthy. He's still worthy. You eat donuts for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And you get sick. You're like, God must not be with me. That diabetes devil coming after us. We eat donuts for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and we get sick. And we're like, Lord, do you even love me? Is, is that what we're going to do? 
Y'all, when I, when I live that way, eat that way, I'm like, you got me, Jesus. I deserve it. I deserve it. I mean, we had crawfish two times last week, and it burned, y'all. It burned bad. You know what? I went back and got more. <laughs> it burned so bad, and I didn't blame God, and I didn't pray for help. I just took it. I took it. I had some ginger, and I went back and did it again. And I didn't even get mad at God, and I'm still praising God right now, even though, even though I could be like, God, where are you at? It's my fault. We had, a, we had a guy in our youth group back in the day in Dallas, and he was allergic to beans, and every time he would eat beans, his face would swell up like a cabbage patch, man. It was so funny. And, and he loved beans so much that we would go out to eat, like on youth events, and he would be like, I'll have some beans, and we'd all look. I'm like, what? He'd be like, I have to. I love beans. <laughs> And he'd be over there eating. He would get two bites before his cheeks would start to swell. And he'd be like, I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> it's just crazy the things we do to ourselves. It's not a mystery. When you're mean and you're rude and you're testy all the time, you have no friends, it's not a mystery. It's not a mystery. Don't be like, God, how come you won't let me have a friend? God's like, I, I didn't make them not like you. In fact, I tell them all the time to put up with you. Don't get mad at God. God's the only reason why people endure you still. I just don't understand why nobody wants to hang out with me. Others do. Yeah. You've you got to find yourself somebody that tells the truth to you and go to them and say, can you, can you just seriously tell me why no one wants to hang out with me? And then receive the correction. Because then you can start to get friends and not be so lonely. Look, in the kingdom of God, we're all about fixing stuff, not just stomping on people. We want to fix stuff so that you can grow. So don't, don't think it's a mystery. Yeah, you don't like to work. You love to blow your money. Your finances are a wreck. And you're confused where God is at. And you're like, I paid my tithes. And God's like, but you paid for everything else too. <laughs> you paid for your tithes and stuff you didn't need all week long. Yeah. So we've got to make sure that we're not mad at God. We're not, we're not getting confused at the mystery. Please don't go on that two-week fast and question God's existence, sitting in sackcloth and ash, being like, where are you at? And God's like, save money. <laughs> Some things you don't have to pray about. So I say today, just go ahead and praise God anyhow, because he didn't do a lot of the things that are happening to you right now. He didn't make you marry them. He did not make you marry them. He did not make you marry them. If I just had a different spouse, it was you that did it. <laughs> Praise God anyway. It's not a mystery. Learn to be a praiser no matter what you're going through because the majority of things that you're facing and you're fighting, you probably had a hand in it. All right, we're getting, we're getting there. We're getting close to, the, to the, the end here. I'm almost almost there. There are many things we do to ourselves, and you still have to praise God, because after all the dumb things we do to ourselves, He still loves us. <laughs> Somebody feel that right there in the Holy Ghost. After all the dumb things we do, he still loves us. So this is the kind of praise you need to have if you can't have the other kind of praise. I don't deserve you, praise. I have messed up every day. 
and yet you still want to save me? I can't get my life together. I can't get the bills right. I can't get relationships right. And yet you still love me? So you know what kind of praise some of us need? We need a praise that says, how could you love me after all the decisions I've made? If for no other reason, you ought to have a praise on your lips every single day of your life because you don't deserve him, because you can't earn him, because there's no way you could ever be perfect enough to make God love you. You should at least praise him because you have fallen and you've fallen and you've fallen and he still reaches and still loves and still cares after all the cavities and the issues with money and all the fighting and all the job loss. Jesus loves you. So praise him. Lift your voice. Get loud for Jesus. I don't deserve a God like that. So I'm going to praise him. Yes, yes, yes. I messed up. I failed. I don't deserve your love. So let me bring an offering of praise to you. Oh, no doubt there's going to be a lot of people praising in heaven one day, shouting across the aisles of heaven because, you know, I shouldn't be here right now. I shouldn't be here right now. I should not be here. After all the dumb things I did, I shouldn't be in this place. Then there are times when we just don't do those things to ourselves and they still happen. We don't ask for them. We didn't go looking for them. We didn't want them. But they still happened. Yeah. We don't even feel like we deserve them. We brush our teeth and still get dentures. They still fall out. We brush them, blossom. We scope them all the time. Here they go. Boop, 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 boop. Lord, all I eat is celery. I eat celery and my teeth are falling out. Lord, it must be your will for my teeth to fall out. Because when you've done all you can and it still goes wrong, God is still working in your life. I study, 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 study. And I fail. Maybe God doesn't want to promote you. What do you do when you've done everything you can and it don't work? What do you do when you've done it all right, you think, and God blocks it? The enemy steals it. Because that's a real thing too. What do you do when you've maintained every little nut and bolt and filter on your car and it still messes up? Because you didn't buy a Toyota or a Honda. <laughs> Google, which cars last the longest, Toyota and Honda? I'll think I'll buy a Ford. <laughs> Pastor, how come my car is breaking down? Let's type it in. Oh, oh, one of the worst cars you could ever buy for maintenance. <laughs> yeah, y'all, you can use the internet and still be spiritual, okay? It's okay, all right? Some of you are like, Lord, which brand shall I use? It's like, the best? Go look it up. I don't know. You can do everything. You can have it all right. You can, you can check every box and still blows up, still goes wrong. Yeah, it's possible. You can eat healthy and still get cancer. 
Exhibit A. Yeah. You can be nice to people and they'll still backstab you. Just happens. Can't help it. Did all that you could, didn't you? You loved them, you served them, and they still hurt you. What do you do when you've done everything you can and God still allows it to happen in your life? You go to work early and you perform amazingly, but you still get fired? What's God up to? You see, I would rather do my best at everything in life so I know that God is working. Because when you live halfway and lazy and you don't go by his commandments, you don't know the difference in what God is trying to work and your own failures. But when you live righteously, when you live holy, when you do things right in stewardship, right with money, and you put God first and you give your tithe and your offering, and then you have a problem financially, you know that God is up to something. But if you don't pay your tithes and don't give your offerings, you don't give and all the money falls apart, there's no mystery. But when you do it all right and God still takes something away, God still allows it to happen, yeah, that's a real thing. So I like to live my life as complete as I can so that when I have a neck injury, I don't have to wonder if it's because I'm doing something wrong. I can say, God, you must be trying to do something right. You see, there's something that we know when we don't know. And what do you know when you don't know? We know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To him who are the called according to his purpose. When you don't know why everything's falling apart and it does not make sense and you've done everything right, what do you know? You know that God is still working it out for your good. A few days ago, a few weeks ago, God spoke to me and said, what do you know when you don't know? You know that I'm still working even when it seems like I'm not there. You know that I'm still blessing when it seems like there's a curse. You, what do you know when you don't know? I am there. I will never leave you. I'm working it out for your good. That's what you know when you don't know. And that's why you can praise when you've done everything right and it still goes wrong. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. I call it heavenly praise. I call it heavenly praise. It's the kind of praise that you'll have one day when you get to heaven and Jesus lets you see all the times he was working things out and you are wondering where he was. <laughs> it was a mystery to you now, but it will be very clear to you then. You will praise him forever because he will unveil every time he was there and you did not know he was there. You will get a whole new set of reasons. I feel the Holy Ghost talking to somebody in this place. 
you will have a whole new set of reasons to praise God on those streets of gold than you've ever had on the earth. Because when you see him face to face, you will know. You will know. You will know why you lost the baby. You will know why you got the cancer. You will know why you lost the money. You will see all of the times that God was working the injury for Aiden for his good. You will see all the times that God never healed your mental condition for your good. I don't know why God does not do some things, but I will one day. And I know this, it's all working for your good. It's all working for your good. I will not sit down on this earth and not shout and not praise because I don't understand the mysteries of God. But I will one day. That's why today I choose to give him a heavenly praise. Let's stand our feet right now. And let's give God a heavenly praise for all the times that we didn't know where he was, but we know he had to be there. For all the times it seemed like he didn't love me, he didn't care about me, but I know that he does. I know that he's here. I know that he's working for my good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost now in this place. Come on, let's lift up a shout to God. A voice of triumph. I've got to get this figured out today. It's an eternal attribute. I've got to be a praiser. I've got to be a praiser. Even when I don't know why I'm facing what I'm facing, I've got to be a praiser. Woo! Come on, let's lift up a roar to the Lord. That's it. I've got to be a praiser. I don't know why it happened. I don't know why it happened. I can't figure it out. It's a mystery. But you're not mysterious. You're there. I know all things work for good. I know it's going to be all right. I know you're still a good God. I know you're still a good God. I know you're still a good God. <laughs> oh, I feel release in the Holy Ghost right now. Yay! There's going to be praise in this place. There's going to be praise in this place. There's going to be liberty, a shout, a praise to give God praise. That's it, musicians and singers. Get ready. Get ready. We're about to have a heavenly praise. We're about to ready have some heavenly praise in this house. We're going to have some heavenly praise in this house. I've got to conquer this battle. I've got to conquer this battle. I've got to get this one thing right. He is working. <laughs> he is working. He's working. He's working. He's working. Let us settle in this house. He's working. He's working. <laughs> He's working. He's working it for your good. 
He's working it for your good. Do not be weary. Do not be frustrated. He's working it for your good. like heaven listen to me real quick listen to me the closest we'll ever get to feeling like we're in heaven is when we're praising him for things we don't know why they're happening because today our earthly praise is is based on what we know but there it will be based on what we did not know and that's why the most beautiful and heavenly praise is a praise that says, I don't know what's happening. I don't know why you let this happen. But I will still praise you. Because I know that you won't leave me. I know that it will be for my good. I know that when this season is over, I will be blessed. And that's called to me heavenly praise, Brother Gary. And so for those of you right now that you have said, I thought I did everything right. But it's not working. I'm going to tell you what you know when you don't know. You can know that God is working right now. I said God is working right now. Even when you don't see it, uh, even when you can't feel it, uh, He's working right now. He's working maybe through this death. Uh, he's working through this pain, but He's working. And that's why in this place, we're not going to let that spirit of mystery get a hold of us and rob our praise. But we're about to turn this entire place into heaven on earth. And when we start to praise God for the unknown, you're going to feel like in a moment that you're walking on clouds and you're stepping on gold streets. Because when you begin to praise God for the things you don't understand, you can't get any closer to feeling like you're in heaven. That's what I want to happen in this place. Are you ready for that to happen in this place today? Are you ready to praise Him for the unknown? Are you ready to praise Him for the mysteries? Are you ready to praise God anyway when it, you seem like nothing's working out? We've got to break that spirit that says get quiet in God's absence. He is working it out. He's working it out for our good. Let's lift our hands up right now. Get ready to get a loud voice. Are you ready to get a loud voice, a loud voice, a loud voice? Come on. The Bible says to lift your hands and wave them. The Bible says to clap your hands, all you people. The Bible says to shout. The Bible says to lift your voice up. The Bible says to praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Let's give heavenly praise. Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's lift up our voice. Let's let it be a shout to God. Musicians, singers, let's go. Let's praise God. Come on, let's say, let it rise up right now. Let it rise up right now. Forget about your neighbor. Come on, forget about your neighbor. Forget about your brother. Let's give God a praise. Come on, let it happen. Spirit.
Yes, come on. Yes, 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 Jesus. Come on, Jesus.
people at test test where where are the people at that you grew up in church you know how to praise God anybody in here grow up in church come to the front right now if you grew up in church you know what praise looks like we've been doing it for generations and generations I need your help to come up here right now and feel the front where are the praisers at we got a lot of new folks that don't know what praise looks like if you've been in church a long time you ought to know how to praise God I want you to come feel this place. We're about to bring back praise to the level it needs to be in the church. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Y'all know there's a difference in praise and worship. Are y'all ready to praise? We can worship as soon as we praise the right way. But when I was growing up in church, people would look silly. They would look silly. And I know you've got to do it according to your body because if you're half broke like me, you've got to do your best. But, boy, some, some of y'all know what praise looks like. It's a praise to God. It's a shout. It's a dance to God. It's not about you. You don't think about you. But we've got to be praisers. And there are people in this church that they need you to praise God so that we can have heaven fall down in this house. Right? Amen? All right, now hold on. If you feel like you're just surrounded by the mysteries right now and you want to be free today, I want you to come and join them, right? Anybody just going through a storm, a season, a tough time, and you're not already down here, I want you to come down here, get in the middle of these praisers, because we're going to praise God, and we're going to help you get free of some of this bondage that's around you. Because some of you are in bondage right now. You don't know how to get free, because you're, you're weighted down by all the questions of what is going on. But you need to be free today. And I want you to get around an atmosphere of praisers. So come down here in this atmosphere. And I know that you know how to praise praise singers, musicians. Thank you. But we're going to do this again. And I want you to begin to dance and shout and praise God. And forget about the people beside you for a little while. And let's just give ourselves to God for a few minutes in this place.
Because then God is going to come and move and he's going to begin to ripple through this place and he's going to begin to bring joy to you and peace to you and you're going to have the lifting fall off your shoulders. There's going to be a lifting to your spirit uh, and some of that weight's going to fall off of you because you've been carrying questions that you shouldn't have to carry. You hear me? Some of you have been carrying questions that you shouldn't have to carry. You're carrying questions. You need to look at your questions and say, I don't have to understand you to know that God is with me. You need to look at your questions right now, look them in the face uh, and say, I don't have to know everything to know that God is with me. I don't have to know the answers to everything to know that God is worthy to be praised. I will know the answers one day, but right now until that day, I'm going to be as faithful as he is to me. And he is with me in this season. He is with me in this storm. He has not left me. Where are the praisers at? Where are the praisers at? Praisers. Thank you, Lord. Are y'all ready? Lift up your hands. Let's turn our hearts to God. We're about to lift up a shout. Grab somebody's hand beside you. Guys, grab somebody's hand beside you. Well, the Israelites used to do it as a team, as a family. They would celebrate together. There would be a flow, an emotion to it. There would be a connection to it. Are you ready? Hey, we're not going to weep and cry. We're going to shout to God. We're not going to weep and cry. We're going to shout to God. What do you know What you don't know? God is with us. He's working it out. He's working it out. Go. Shout. Dance. Many waters, 
music now. I need all of y'all to get off your instruments, get off your bikes, and come down here and join us. We don't have to have it anymore. Listen, there won't be any music in heaven as far as we know. We don't know if there's going to be any music in heaven. It's just going to be a roar of the people of God. I want our praise singers and musicians to grab somebody's hand. And let's worship the Lord like we're in heaven one day. Like we're on the streets of gold. Like I've just got there. And I see him face to face. And he shows me every time, every wreck, every sickness, every cancer, every death, every brokenness, every financial issue. He shows me. He shows me. I'm going to shout. I'm going to dance. I'm going to lift my voice up. I'm going to give God a praise. Hallelujah. 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 Hey. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. Hey. God, we're praisers. But we don't know what you're up to. We know that you're up to something that you're working it out for my good. You're working it out for my good. Hey. Woo. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're here. You're going to help us. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Come on, side to side, front to back. We're praisers. We're not foolish. We're wise. Oh, yeah, that's it. Something's breaking. Something's shifting. Something's breaking and shifting. Something's shifting in our lives. Hey. Yeah, yeah, Jesus' name. Woo. That's it. The Holy Ghost is blessing all over this place. Because the Lord is here. We can see him a little closer. I'm going to get to heaven. Trust in Jesus. Trust in Jesus. It's like heaven. It's like heaven. It's like heaven. Hey. I trust you, Lord. 
love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I need you, Lord. I know you're working. I know you're working. I know you're working. I know you're working. You're working. You're working. You're working. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're working. You're working it all out. You're working it all out. <laughs> That's it. Refreshing is now here. Refreshing is now here in the name of Jesus. Refreshing is now here for your soul in the name of Jesus. That's it. I loose you right now for refreshing to come. For the heavy load has been lifted off in the name of Jesus. Refreshing in the name of the Lord right now. Ref